0: Hollywood is rated LGBT radio starring your host Rob Watson welcome 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 to rated LGBT radio and I am your host Rob Watson and uh, When You may be listening to this podcast at any time, but uh, if you're listening to it live or uh, near our airing date here, we are starting Pride Month, so this is our official launch of Pride, and there is no better way to do that than to welcome to the fold of many Pride celebrations around the world a baby Pride, first Pride ever for Beverly Hills, California, Uh, They've had Real Housewives Beverly Hills for years. Um, Pride has been all around them in the city of Los Angeles and the neighboring areas. But uh, Beverly Hills is is stepping up and uh, doing their own, which is very, very exciting. And we have the man behind it. Uh, Benjamin Johnson is waiting in the wings, and he's going to tell us all about that and how it came about and... Um, everything that uh, people attending can expect. We're very excited uh, to talk to him. Uh, and this Pride is, is going to be, there are three components to it. Um, there is the Pride Lighting of City Hall. Then a live entertainment event um, on Pride Night, which um, is is a big show. And that is happening on June 2nd. And then there is a third event on June 8th which is a one-night-only event uh, put on by the Sorority Salon, and that is happening at the Greystone Mansion. So just very, very cool stuff, and um, we're going to get into that in the show. But before we go to that, uh, I do want to welcome the co-host of the show and the editor of the LA Blade magazine, which has been covering all of the Los Angeles-area prides, Brody Levesque. Hey,
1: Brody. Hey, Rob. And happy Pride Month, everyone. And I hope that you all get to celebrate this important uh, month for our community. And, And I would also ask that you remember that Pride started as a protest, and we need to continue to be activists, especially these days. With the amount of negativity that we're seeing, uh, particularly with the don't say gay laws, the anti-trans laws that are being passed, uh, and generally the attitude, which is slightly shifted into a negative sphere uh, for our community. And so and while Brody, we celebrate Pride, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and I
0: would add the uh, potential rollback of Roe v. Wade as well into that, is that is a huge threat to uh, personal uh, choices, personal lifestyle, as well as uh, civil rights. And uh, all of that could unravel um,
1: LGBTQ rights as well.
0: So, anyway,
1: just a little add-on there. You were saying? No, it's it's an excellent add-on because, uh, you know, women's reproductive health and reproductive rights very much uh impacts our community uh and and in addition um you know people a lot of times don't realize that you know that is an issue for our uh you know trans siblings it's an issue for our women folk and it's an issue overall for our community so uh, absolute uh absolute second that um well let's talk a little bit about negativity Uh, This one comes to us from Ramstein Air Force Base um, in Germany. Ramstein is home to the 82nd Air Wing of the United States Air Force. It is a massive base. And the 86th uh, Air Wing is principally responsible for logistics uh, all over Europe. If you need to fly a tank and a bunch of equipment someplace, the 82nd does the job. If you need a humanitarian mission, the 82nd does the job. As a matter of fact, we are now having baby formula from Europe being shipped in, and they uh, are being shipped in on pallets in aircraft flown by the 86th Airlift Wing. Uh, So happy, pride, and kudos to the LGBT members of the 86th Air Wing. But now let's talk about the the part that's not so nice. Uh, This story comes from Stars and Stripes and also the Los Angeles Blade um there was supposed to be a drag queen story hour at the base library and it was supposed to honor pride month and a group of uh right-wing folks got really upset and uh they went and did a social uh media campaign and then they enlisted the help of a rabid right-wing radical anti-lgbtq publication in canada uh the post-millennial uh which wrote a huge article about it, and then wrote to the Air Force and accused the Air Force of pushing a more, quote-unquote, woke agenda. Um, so the 82nd uh, Air Wing uh, responded this way, that an advertisement was posted to the base library social page before the event had completed Ramstein's established processes for special observant coordination and approval. The advertisement has been removed. The event will not take place. Ramstein leaders strive, blah, 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 blah. Well, there was another mix to this. And that is that Marco Rubio, senator from Florida, had caught wind of this drag story uh, time uh, thing at the library. He took partial credit for the cancellation because, simultaneous with the Radical Right publication in Canada, Rubio sent a letter to U.S. Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall. And in his letter, uh, he told the Air Force Secretary, and I quote, The last thing parents serving their nation overseas should be worried about, particularly in a theater with heightened yield, Political tensions is whether their children are being exposed to sexually charged content if they visited their local library now oh, the okay, 80 God. seconds yeah oh yeah well the 82nd air wing public affairs office didn't directly respond but the Air Force did eventually the problem here is once again you have one person one person okay one parent that made all this noise okay she told okay the post-millennial, she was the one that led the campaign, okay? This is what she said. Her husband is stationed at Ramstein. She takes her child to the library for story time. She was, quote, shocked to see the Ramstein Air Force Base Library plans to hold an official drag queen story hour for children. Quote, I find it wholly inappropriate that the military, of all places, will be using public funds to sexualize children, she said. And then, of course, there was a pile on, and then a whole bunch of people got into it on the right. You know, once again, here's an example of the LGBT people grooming children. Now, there were folks on the base uh, and members of the LGBT community, obviously, the flopped back, uh, and they launched a petition at Change.org. Uh, according to the latest I got from military. dot com, uh, the event isn't going to happen. Although the back and forth has definitely registered with the command staff of the eighty second or the, excuse me the eighty sixth Air Wing, so maybe we may see a little bit of movement there. But once again, this was led by one conservative parent. And of course Marco Rubio and that's generally all it really takes to get things going. Um so yeah, there's that little bit of negativity. Now let's uh, talk about
0: that. You know, the thing that makes me maddest about that whole story is um uh, is actually the ignorance around the criticism of, of uh you know, drag queen uh children or storytelling that it has anything to do with sex, anything. It's just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I think that apart from what they're trying to do, which is horrible across the board in terms of all of these campaigns that the right wing is launching, it is the deceptive and um, derogatory stuff that they keep pulling out of their butts. You know that it, it absolutely drives me nuts because they're just lies, and it—it, it, um, I don't know—it it just erodes everything about, you know, a public discourse and integrity in my mind. Anyway, sorry, a little two cents there, Brody. Well, no, uh, I mean, you had more. I mean, yeah. no,
1: you're not wrong. I, it, uh, the when we saw a few months ago the don't skate. But don't say gay law in Florida, um, and I had this conversation uh, to Brandon Wolf, who is the press secretary for Equality Florida. Uh, and Brandon, of course, is a friend of the show. He's been on a few times, and uh, Brandon's just an amazing human being. Uh, aside from that, Brandon and I had the conversation about this latest thing um, on, on the whole grooming thing, which was basically jump-started and reignited. By the press secretary to Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, and then it was picked up on and spread through 4chan uh, and some of the right-wing websites and, and social media uh, outlets, and that suddenly became became the latching thing is that if you're you know LGBTQ you know this is all about grooming children, and, and literally that's this is what it's turned into which is a throwback to when you and I were teenagers, because if you'll remember in the 1970s, that is exactly what Anita Bryant and the Save Our Children campaign was complaining about. Um, that was one of the whole reasons here in California to the Briggs Initiative, which was defeated uh, by then, by, well, later San Francisco Supervisor uh, Harvey Milk. Uh, at the time, he was just an activist. Uh, and and the California activists, because one of the contentions uh, to Prop 6 was to get openly gay and lesbian teachers out of the classrooms because they would be grooming children, you know. So, you know, this is just recycled lies, and and it's recycled hate speech. Um, And it's also another reason that we celebrate pride. You know, pride is about us as a community, but it's also about the fact that, you know this this has been going on for a while. I mean, Stonewall occurred because a whole bunch of really angry Queens had just had enough. Okay, of getting by the NYPD and thrown in jails just simply because of who they loved. You know, um, the burst burst Los Angeles Pride by Christopher Street West, which occurred on January i um, January June twenty eighth. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, long month. June 28th of 1970, (laughs) that almost didn't happen. And the reason it didn't almost happen was because the then LAPD chief, Brad Davis, and I quote, wasn't going to issue a pride permit to the gay folks because there was no reason that he would do it because, and he said, I'm not going to issue a pride permit to thieves and robbers. Why would I do it to you, issue a permit to you all? Right. The implication being, right. okay, at that time in California, that loving relations between same-sex couples was a felony. Okay, well, I'm not right. going to give, you know, a bunch of felons or people who are going to commit a felony a pride permit. It was the American Civil Liberties Union and the Reverend Troy Perry, who I know, Troy, shout out to Reverend Perry, that, you know, they went into court and they sued it and that was the end of that, And you know. Christopher Street West happened, and well, guess what? Uh, there's a return for Christopher Street West this year, next week. The parade is going back to the roots, to the very, very intersection on Hollywood Boulevard where 52 years ago the first one kicked off. But anyway, so there's that, you know, and grooming again right. is part of this narrative. So it's, it's right. part, no, and part I, of the now.
0: Yeah, no, as I was gonna say, that's a great segue, Brody, to talk about what is going to happen. In uh, West Hollywood and Los Angeles for Pride this year. Yep.
1: Well, we we've got um, we've got in, in Beverly Hills and Santa Monica and Long Beach. I want to give all these cities a huge, huge, huge uh, shout out. I'm especially honored uh, that Beverly Hills uh, uh, sent us one of their reps to talk about their Pride, which I, I just think that's awesome. So kudos to the city of Beverly Hills. This is Nate. But this weekend is Pride uh, in the city of West Hollywood. There are all sorts of events going on. We've got a huge concert series put on by JJLA. Uh, Jeff Consoletti and his folks have outdone themselves. As a matter of fact, uh, one of our frequent guests on the show, uh, young Grayson uh, Chance, from, uh, uh, who's been on our show what, two or three times now, he's a young musician, a yep. performer. He's going to be performing on stage. Uh, little Kim will be headlining. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be the Festival of the Pride. This is the first Pride back since the pandemic. But even more importantly, this is actually really cool. This is the city of West Hollywood's inaugural Pride. Now, they've been hosting L.A. Pride for a number of years, but uh, a couple of years ago, they, you know, had, had, there was a little bit of a split. Christopher Street West LA Pride moved into the Los Angeles proper, and then WeHo decided, well, no, we're we're going to uh, we're going to do our own thing. And uh, so they put together this great package for this weekend. Uh, if you go to LosAngelesBlade.com or out tomorrow on the streets of Los Angeles on Santa Monica Boulevard, to a few other places, you can pick up the paper, and it's just filled with all the activities that are going on. You know, I could take the entire hour which I don't want to do, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So there's that. And in the weekend following is, of course, Christopher Street. Uh, West is L.A. Pride. And they are, again, going back to their roots. 52 years ago, they were uh, marching off, and that's where they're going to be at this year. Um, they have uh, Paula Abdul, Marky Dacato, and uh, a very special guest is Grand Marshals of their parade which I think is, is really, really seriously cool. They went and they got someone who was a longtime activist and probably knew more about what was going on. And it's kind of applicable since she's also dragged. But they have brought Sir Lady Java, and she will be uh, also one of the Grand Marshals in the parade. Uh, so they brought her back. There's a whole bunch of festivities going on there. You can go to lapride.org, and next week I will have a lot more from my staff and myself on Pride, our special Pride issue uh, for uh, LA Pride. Um, so yeah, so there's that going on. Uh, kudos to all the hard work that's gone into this, and um, and again, like I said, this is very exciting. This is this is Beverly Hills's inaugural Pride. This is WeHo's inaugural Pride uh LA Pride's doing its thing, Long Beach is doing their thing. So the community is really really really, you know, going to have a lot of fun. So this is great. You know, it's awesome.
0: No, oh, it's that's excellent. Um very very exciting. And with that, let's let's go to um our guests and the maybe uh, fair to call it the the baby pride of the region, Um, Beverly Hills, launching its very first pride, which is super, super exciting. And with that, I want to uh, welcome Ben Johnson onto the show. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Great to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So exciting times there in Beverly Hills.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited and thrilled that this is happening, and it all happened really quickly. And... um, which I think it'll just be a great way to sort of under, understand and uh, surface and amplify the histories of Beverly Hills, but just have a great time, sort of connecting with one another and having some great music and some events, some events that just really mark the special occasion of Pride Month. I also just wanted to give a shout out to Boyle Heights Pride, and I also heard about the inaugural Catalina Island Pride. Um, I don't know if you're about those <laughs> events too.
1: <laughs> oh, no, more than Marrier, please, Ben, let's talk about there, it. There they go, yeah.
2: Yeah, but we're really okay, excited Catalina about the Beverly Hills Pride. Pride.
0: Yeah, Catalina Pride has got to be kind of interesting. That'll be <laughs> fun to take a boat over and do that. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, now, Ben, you've been you've been super involved in a lot of things around the whole L.A. area. Um,
2: mm-hmm. uh.
0: Your background, give us a little back, little information on where you come from in terms
2: of being a planner and, and creating a lot
0: of the cultural footprint of Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, so I've been in Los Angeles for 11 years now, but I've been coming for several years before that, really inspired by the creativity and artistry that was happening here. Um, I'm from the Midwest, and um, I worked for the University of Michigan, and I worked for the University of Minnesota, and then I also worked for UCLA as one of the people in the performing arts. Uh, presenter roles in those um, universities, Um, and I've been at the City of Beverly Hills for the last five months, so I'm kind of a baby myself to the city, but I was the Director of Performing Arts at the City of L.A. with the Department of Cultural Affairs for five and a half years before that, so I was literally out in Canoga Park and in San Pedro and on the east side, west side. Um, and all over the city of South L.A., the Valley. So it was really just a great immersive um, opportunity to really uh, support mostly performing artists and venues, um, the unique sort of cultural ecosystem here. And certainly the gay history is so incredible and rich. not just from what happened in the city of Weho but just also just the history of Los Angeles from its beginning and um the kinds of artists that sort of developed the unique aesthetic that's here so i took all of that and um with that background and uh when i arrived here at the city of Beverly Hills there was this really interesting uh email that went around through the western cities which are which well i don't know if that if it's called the western cities but that's what the email referenced the cities of West Hollywood, Culver City, um, Santa Monica, and Beverly Hills, and the email was like, "What is everyone doing for Pride?" and um, uh, and I was just brand new, so I was being introduced um, to this whole email by my amazing boss, Jenny Rogers, who's the director of community services, and she said, Let, "Let's introduce Ben Johnson." And then I asked, well, what has City of Beverly Hills ever done? (laughs) I thought that maybe (laughs) there was like, is there an alliance? Is there a gay bar? Is there any history? Was there a disco? Was there anything? And like really nothing so much that has ever been done. Not that there hasn't been the desire to do so. And I have some interesting stories about that. But I'm like, is that real? It's right next to the City of WeHo. It's in L.A. It's got to be something. So I – quickly just sort of proposed a couple of events, and then it just snowballed from there. Um, I will give credit to um, Sean Farr, who is um, an LGBT activist in um, Beverly Hills, and he owns a building right across the street from um, the Beverly Hills sign, and last year he advocated for the first ever Pride Gobo to be... um, uh, to be um, shown on the side of City Hall. And so that kind of started the process through what is the Human Relations Commission of the city to say, well, we should have that Pride Gobo, and what are we doing this year? And so then they said, well, we let's for doing the Gobo, let's do it again, but let's have a progressive Pride flag on there and use the name Beverly Hills. Last year it just said Happy Pride Month. This year it says, <laughs> you know, Happy Pride Beverly Hills. And then um, there are 14 iconic palm trees in front of city hall that are being lit with pride lights for the first time. So at night you'll see those. Um, So those are the visual indicators that the city of Beverly Hills actually understands that it's pride month and how excited it is and it's time. And here we are. And um, we have this series. And so that was one of the sort of creative elements for our pride. And then, then I thought, well, I was asking around, I was just assuming that, you know, with Rodeo Drive and the, you know, Beverly Hills just having a history of like, you know, um, LGBT activists and icons and choreographers and designers and uh, architects and composers and uh, dancers and musicians and um, activists, that there would be like some sort of alliance or a group or um, something, or a a night out once a month, or monthly or something, Um, and so in my mind, I'm hoping that this event actually helps build this first sort of community uh, gathering around people who live in Beverly Hills, the people who work in Beverly Hills, and also just sort of like a fresh take on, well, what is Beverly Hills, and so I propose what's called um, Beverly Hills Pride Night. So it's kind, it's gonna, it's gonna, a collaboration between the city of, um, of Beverly Hills, the community services department that I work with, and the Wallace Annenberg Center for the Performing Arts, and it's going to be in their outdoor plaza. And it's more like a, sort of a Beverly Hills, you know, gay cocktail mixer soiree with live music. So we're not going to be WeHo Pride. We're not going to be L.A. Pride. We're going to be sort of like what is true to – what if, if you go to Beverly Hills, you kind of want a kind of a thing where you can – You know, sit around, have a fancy drink, and look be art and fashion forward, and then have some really cool groovy music. So um, that got the green light, and you know, there's room for that kind of thing. And they were excited about it being on June 2nd because, in many ways, it's our first pride, and it kicks off a lot of prides. Um, And so it got the support of the the city council and the human relations commission and the arts and culture commission and um, the Rodeo drive committee and then um, all of the the various partners within the city. Um, And so we're having this thing. And so I knew that, yes, we can throw a cocktail reception. That's very elevated, but that we also needed to have um, very interesting musicians. So, there was this artist named Tolliver, and he's a six foot six um, African American queer musician who is sort of the darling of KCRW, um, and he um, was just on Jimmy Kimmel Live. James Gordon, he was just the final, he was just the last, he was the keynote musician or whatever the final musician is to perform for the Netflix's the Joke series, and he has a new album out called Daddyland, and um, just really interesting artist, um, musician, journalist. And creative, and I asked him if he could help art direct the musicians and so he 's put together this fabulous slate of really interesting cutting edge fashion forward but very current um, musicians um, and one 's a comedian, I believe, um, but all really great one 's a drag artist, but really really great performers. And um, they will perform a set. So it will be this great sort of cocktail soiree with live music. In my mind, it's kind of like a garden party and <laughs> with live music. And um, it's sold out, basically. Um, there's a wait list now for people to get on to it. Um, if anybody wants to come, they can absolutely come. We'll try to get them in. Uh, but just meant to be a marker and a community gathering moment for the community. Um, and so that's happening tonight. And I'm very excited about that. And then I thought, well, if Tolliver... And then Tolliver also invited Novena Carmel to be the co-host. Right. um, The host, um, radio personality from KCRW, and and the artists are all really... In my mind, in the next five years, they will be the artistic directors of all the brands on Rodeo. So this is sort of the idea that we had in sort of the selection of these artists. And then I was just thinking about, like, well, what else is special about... Um, Beverly Hills and you know there's Greystone Mansion right there which I think is like one of the greatest gifts to the city that it's owned by a city and it's available for use Um, there aren't too many of these old bohemian estates that are open to the public and during the pandemic on that on that mansion estate there was a 70-seat historic theater that was renovated for the first time in like 30 years. And now that's open. And so I thought, well, we should do something at Greystone. If I can't do like this mega pride happening there, let's at least have something happen in that theater because there's so many great LGBT artists in the community. And so I invited um, this really great um, artist named, theater artist named Gina Young and she is a producer of an event called Sorority, and it's uh, been happening for many years, uh, mostly on the east side of town, not so much on the side, Though she has done a sorority takeover of the Hammer. um, And so we invited her and her creative team over, and she's really inspired by the space because it's like this really beautiful 1929 space um, and um, so she's going to host sort of a sorority at Greystone, so our pride at Greystone there'll be, um, she's going to put together a um, showcase of some of the leading female identified women, trans, queer women um, and sort of a replication of what she already does but she's very inspired by like the 1920s soirees and mansions um, so it's kind of a literary salon kind of a celebration. And um, so that's going to happen on Wednesday, June 8th um, at Greystone Theater in the mansion. And then immediately afterwards, she's hosting the first women's party in WeHo at Stash right afterwards because that hasn't existed in like 15 years. And we talked a lot about what it means to be a woman in WeHo and being invisible in WeHo if you're a woman. And so this is to help support more visibility of women and women gathering um, in um, West Hollywood. And so in our mind, we're sort of like celebrating all of that in Beverly Hills. And um, a really interesting story is that, um, you know, there's this really fabulous – Um, legacy um, uh, chocolate store in uh, Beverly Hills called Edelweiss Chocolates and it's been there for 90 years. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of these last vestiges of old Beverly Hills. And it was owned by Shirley Jones for 40 years. Um, I can't remember who owned it originally, what family owned it. And um, they're super supportive, so I reached out to Dan Sahir, who is the creative director of Edelweiss Chocolates, and um, he helped sponsor a different event that we did at the Mansion called Music in the Mansion. And then I just casually plopped into the email, like, and we're also planning it for his Pride. If you guys want to sponsor that, and then he's funded that Pride. Me and my husband have been wanting
1: (laughs) to happen in Beverly Hills
2: forever. And of course, we'll donate all these chocolates to you. And he said, also, just so you know, we formed the first ever Persian international LGBT support organization. Uh, A lot. And so he's like, he invited his whole board and posse to... uh, uh, come to the first Pride, and um, so, you know, fun stories, like, you just throw out Pride, the next thing you know, everyone wants to be a part of it, because they've been waiting for something like that to happen, and, you know, we walked down from store to store in Rodeo Drive, and invited every single person um, who was working in those stores, you know, just tell everyone, this is the first Pride, this should be a really big kind of celebration, you know, in many ways, Beverly Hills is kind of like this bubble within the city of Los Angeles, but because it has that brand of 90210, it, has, it captures the imagination of what Los Angeles' is internationally. And so it should have, and because of that, and because of the history of design and those stores and those designers um, uh, and how it relates to Hollywood and to the bigger magical world that is L.A., it should have a, its, it's a pride moment. And so we're excited to offer these, right. our first iteration up in this way.
0: Yeah, I know that's, that's completely awesome. And it is funny because you know, Beverly Hills is kind of that bubble that, um, you know, we we used to go through. We used to go to places in West Hollywood, and then go to West LA, and Beverly Hills was kind of the place you traveled through to get to those places.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: You know, although to your point, it's like you talk about the industries of Beverly Hills, and they are certainly LGBTQ field, filled filled um, industries. So it, it absolutely makes a lot of sense um, in retrospect that, that this all is happening. So besides the uh, Edelweiss chocolate, what other reactions have you gotten from, from different
2: LGBTQ um, individuals in, in Beverly Hills? Well, one of the things I'm trying to do is actually meet who everyone is, because I'm told that there are a ton of couples and people who work here. Of course, there's the hairstylists, too, people do makeup, tourism, food. And so we just are we just are hoping that this is our first opportunity to meet everybody. I did meet this amazing guy named Anthony Boykin. He's the direct manager of the Sam Edelman Shoe Store. And um, he had took it on. And so I met him casually. Um, And then I was telling him, um, because I was walking the streets of Rodeo to introduce everybody to who were doing Pride, and uh, he said that he got so excited that he called corporate. Corporate then said, oh my gosh, Beverly Hills is doing the first Pride. We will give every drag queen in L.A. $1,000 worth of shoe credit if they will come to Pride in Beverly Hills. And um, so a few people are doing that. Um, and uh, the art, some of the artists who are performing are, are doing that and like that was just such a generous thing and um, so Michael Courtney he's delivering bags he's been promoting he took flyers up and down weho you know inviting people to the Beverly Hills Pride so that's kind of the kind of enthusiasm and energy that I'm finding um, in, in, and without having to, to do too much work to, to do that.
0: Right. Um, I
2: think people are just you know really excited about something different unique and special that's only in Beverly Hills since it doesn't have a gay bar or nor order to have a history of that either. Um, It's also fascinating, you know, I was thinking about the histories, you know, because Stuart Timmons does these great tours of WeHo and no one's really surfaced and amplified and stitched together the LGBTQ histories of Beverly Hills and where
0: right. people
2: lived. And, um, you know, that history really intersected with queer activism that happened in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, too. Um, you know, leading to the Mattachine Society and the Pride Parade. And certainly there would have been. Um, this would have been a source of a lot of philanthropy um, around the AIDS epidemic and also um, and 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 it was, and a lot of the people who were the organizers lived in beverly hills and so also yeah. I just know that a lot of artists and um, LGBT um, not only just living here um, and work but also all of the the, the community is the LGBT community that has worked here over the years and sort of contributed to the creativity of the city, um, uh, especially when it comes to the fashion and art and design scene um, here.
0: Do you think maybe some of this is because I, I know the, the overall um, culture uh, projection from Beverly Hills has always been, you know, Hollywood, wealth, um, design, all those industries, which all were very obviously, um, like we said, fueled with um, LGBTQ talent, but seemed a little bit oppressive and closeted um, at the same time, where, you know, you could, it was evident of, of people being gay and, and et cetera, but, you know, especially like on the entertainment side, the actor's, were all very, you know, if they were gay, they were closeted, or they had to have beards and all that sort of stuff. Um, and and now you're breaking out of that. Um, do you think that's a a a reflection of those industries now becoming
2: more open and out of the closet? You know, I I, I think so. Um, and certainly. I don't have the deepest of knowledge of the history of everything in the city, um, more of a surface, but slowly like it's like melting an iceberg and, um, maybe their politics have skewed conservative because it's a wealthy city and wealth sometimes drives a conservative nature. Um, but I think that there is a real desire for a shift and a transformation. And, um, you know i don't know why you know since 1970, the first pride parade that it took 52 years for us to be having this moment um but um you know yeah it's 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 a, that's a good question
0: it's it, it's i i absolutely applaud you because you it feels like you came in and asked the obvious question and and opened up this door um And found a huge rainbow behind it, but it's just, you know, it's like, you know, big, big kudos on, on your efforts there. Were you surprised at, at, you know, after making that, uh, putting that idea forth, um, how, how much thrill and excitement you've, um,
2: seen generated because of that? Well, pleasantly surprised. I mean, glad that there was a a positive, um, around it. I think that there were, um, you know, sometimes, you know, cities, I worked for the cities, you know, cities sometimes are, you know, they they don't like change, but then once you do the change, they love it. So that is, um, we're hoping that this will be a positive change and that whatever we do in the future will just be become a, a bigger opportunity to really create something very unique and special for the city. And... Um, that sort of is also a demonstration of inclusivity and welcome to the city, not just um, a thing that 's sort of encapsulated in uh, the the borders of the city and only for the people within the city though it 's certainly for the people in the city too because they deserve to be you know recognized and um, come together and and I, and what I have been really surprised by and really happy with is that so many different departments in the city are all on board it isn't just my department trying to figure this out it's like right. all of the mayor's office and the city council and everyone's going to be here and I think just everyone just needed someone to come in and be like let's just do it and <laughs> and it's also what people don't realize is that it is rooted in activism and in history and in identity and in a celebration, um, but I'm hoping that this is really about, um, in a in a way, it's about a, it's a community building exercise for us. It's not it's not like going to a parade or it's not um, uh, going to a big giant stage somewhere. It's more of like this really wonderful opportunity to actually meet people person to person and see who comes out and wants to be a part of a bigger idea. And I think that the idea of pride will grow. I did want to go back to your your uh, question around how um how it seems like you know for generations people really couldn't be out in beverly hills even though a lot of people were out and i think that stems from you know there there is just the history the the people who live in beverly hills were part of the industry where everyone was kept quiet like the older generation is still here and that just became kind of the operating mode and even as we were trying to um Uh, When I was starting to do research, you know, I was hoping that we could do storefront windows and just identify, you know, who are some of the people from Beverly Hills who uh, have significant histories in uh, LGBT history. I mean, Gianni Versace, um, Tom Ford. and not just celebrities, but also like real people, um, and right. we were working with the beverly hills society uh, cultural or historical society and um, they were very very um, they were really helpful in giving me a full list, but they they too didn't necessarily feel comfortable um, identifying artists or um, people unless they were out in the time that they were out and right. so um you know you have to fight that and um uh, not fight that is the wrong word, but um, respect their decision to do that. But then also, you know, there's an emerging generation that's really hungry for the revisionist of like, no, I think if they were gay, we could, I think they would have been celebrated now and been out now. Um, it's 2022. And it's also time to like yeah, celebrate that history.
0: No, I, absolutely. And that that's one of the things that I think is remarkable about your efforts is that um, this is really um, demonstrating that, um, you know, we're, we are at a kind of a different time and place. And, and, you know, it, it is celebrating the openness of being able to be identified as LGBTQ in that profession and, and be proud of it where before it was, was hidden. Um, I do want to read this one quote from, um, Jenny Rogers, your, your, your boss. Um, Jenny said, the city of Beverly Hills has been home to many important LGBTQIA plus citizens since the city's early days, including prominent artists, celebrities, activists, authors, choreographers, composers, actors, and allies. I'm excited that Beverly Hills will be celebrating these incredible individuals who helped define arts, culture, and creative industries that makes Beverly Hills a world-class destination. And I think that is um, really poignant in that Beverly Hills is, in many ways, a cradle of culture for our whole country. I mean, even though Hollywood mm-hmm. is <clears throat> around, this is where the the kind of the Hollywood elite lived and breathed and and and, and had their lives um, mm-hmm. behind the scenes. So, um, it I, th- I think this is your move on doing this is not only just a great expression of pride in LGBTQ, I do think to your point, you're really elevating the prominence of Beverly Hills in a way that
2: people haven't thought of it before. Yeah. And part of that is like just claiming the history at all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. The, that's yeah, the, I think exactly. that's the quote from Jenny is like yeah. we're claiming the history and we're like now looking at it yeah. in a new way. And like those histories will surface um, as you do that. Um, so it is. It is exciting. Sort of. Um, it, it provides more complexity to the city as well and its history, because um, there's so many now interesting. The, um, Sorry.
0: Yeah, the 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 um, the show that is being done by uh, Sorry Salon at the Greystone Theater um, is that is that actually is the show about the history of Beverly Hills or just kind of reflective no.
2: of it. No, it's just a wonderful showcase of uh, leading artists, uh, all female identified, who are working actively right now across the city, and it's just a platform in this really unique space to kick off our first male girl pride at this really iconic mansion. So it's not necessarily about that history, but she certainly was inspired by it. Um, I can't remember the name of that the famous uh, Russian lesbian Uh, actress who would host salons. I want to say her name was Alina Azamozov or something like that. Um, I should know that history. Um, And she would host soirees and salons all over in West Hollywood and Beverly Hills and in houses uh, on this part of the city in the 1920s and 30s. And and so I think she was hearkening back to those ideas and days and loves that. And so um, we're hoping that this, this project will inspire those future ideas.
0: That, that, that's awesome. And I actually do love the, um, the whole uh, female orientation um, that you guys are throwing on it because I, that, I think that is something that the other prides in the surrounding area um, don't particularly do. And um because so many of the gay bars are are male oriented and everything else that I think the um the lesbian and female um aspects of the community don't get represented as as
2: much mm-hmm. and as well. So that's that's actually I mean, when did the the when did the last um lesbian bar close in WeHo? I'm not sure.
0: Brody, do you have any idea on that?
1: You know, it strikes me that it wasn't that long ago and I believe it was a pandemic closure, but I could be wrong on that. Um, let me let my I, th- I think it to-
2: clo I don't think there was one open before I moved here, so it's been ten years.
1: It's been, yeah, it's been a while maybe. Yeah. I know there was uh Robin Tyler, the comedian. Um actually you know who would probably know and I'm sorry she's not on. And that's the former editor of the Los Angeles Blade, Karen, a uh, longtime West Hollywood resident. Um, let me uh, let me check the Blade archives real quick. Um, I'll be right back. Okay. So so the timing's so me... right
2: to be like, we got to have that. I mean, certainly, you know, you go to Pride and you see great, iconic uh, female performers um, who are superstars and idolized by screaming fans and 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 it's really celebration but when it comes to walking down the street of santa monica or next to 15 gay bars and you don't see any women and also you know and also just and if you do it's sort of like they're they're just trying to get through to wherever they want to go because um you know it's just how it is there. Um, and yeah. so this will be great that we are, this event is going to spark and sort of kick off um, what I hope will become um, a more inclusionary practice for women in be- and we hope.
1: Well, I, yeah, have, so that I think that both of you on that um, and unsurprisingly, Karen wrote this. Although well, at the time she was one of the staff writers and editors at Frontiers magazine. The last Lesbian bar in the neighborhood of West Hollywood was called the Palms. It closed in 2013. There is one left, uh, and that would be the Oxwood uh, Inn in San Fernando Valley, and it shut down in 2017. So, yeah, um, I, I think we don't have any more.
0: Right? Yeah, it's. I know back in the day, um, the the lesbian bars that were in West Hollywood, and I'm talking about a couple of decades ago were very protective. Um, in fact, it was, it was, if you wandered in there as a gay male, um, you could pretty much be expected to be tossed out either physically or, or just verbally, um, because they absolutely did not want that infiltration. Um, so it's, yeah. So anyway, it's really great that you're, um, putting a spotlight on it and, um, um, creating that space. Then um, we need to do some housekeeping stuff, though. How do people find out about this? How do they get tickets?
2: Um, how do they attend? Yeah, everything is on um, BeverlyHills.org/slash PrideBH. Great.
0: And what is what are the cost of the different events? Uh, well,
2: the lighting, the uh, Pride lighting is free, um, and then the event tonight is also free. And the event at Grace, so Pride Night is free. Um, just need to RSVP or get on the waitlist, and then the um, event at Stone Mansion is fifteen dollars, and those go on sale tomorrow.
0: Right. Okay. Excellent. That's that's well. It's super super exciting. Um, and I'll ask this for both you and Brody. What um, somebody wanted to tour the whole LA Pride scene, Greater Los Angeles Pride scene. Um, you know, what what are some thoughts about each of the different uh events that you each think stand out?
2: Well, I know that for me I really love like seeking out the the neighborhood prides, like black pride in South LA, which doesn't get a lot of coverage or Long Beach Pride as being so different from, you know, um uh, or even South Bay Pride. They had a San Pedro Pride, and I know before the pandemic. I don't know if they still are having that. Um, and the Boyle Heights Pride and the Valley Pride that happens around the Bullet Bar. And um, I think, you know, a lot of it in the downtown Pride that started um, as well, and now there's Venice Beach Pride this weekend as well. Um, I don't know. I just say there's, like there's so much goodness around all of it. I certainly want to catch a parade, so there's two of those, and then um, just figure out how to navigate um, the cultural events that are being offered through WeHo Arts, um, and just go and celebrate all the communities that are hosting their first Pride. That's I think is really a really uh, a great way to help celebrate Pride.
1: Uh, Ben's awesome. a kind of a good point. Um, the City of West Hollywood uh, is running its uh, annual Arts Festival. They've got some great things this year, uh, which uh, they actually had um, an artist uh, execute uh, a mural on uh, West Hollywood City Hall, which I think was really, really cool. Um, So there's the things that I like. I I kind of, I'm with Ben that the smaller prides, the more uh, neighborhood prides um, are really, really cool. And you know, I think it gives a little bit more of a of a local flavor and feel from like a neighborhood uh, level. I mean, the bigger prides, obviously being Weehows and uh, Los Angeles Pride. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that's those are the biggies. But I think the smaller ones, and and I would also like to kind of push folks to take a look at you know uh long beach as well and you know a lot of times people i think forget about long beach because it isn't part of los angeles but it's adjacent to it but they've got some really cool things they do out there so yeah i my vote would also be that as well and um and i just i have to say ben this is very very cool that 90210 is doing pride. Well done. <laughs>
2: oh, well thank you. We're yeah, thrilled yeah. and uh thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about it. Oh, no, our
0: pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, and I I was a long-term resident of Long Beach, so I Long Beach pride was always near and dear to my heart, especially when it's out there by the water. It's really a, a beautiful venue. Um uh but it also it it was not as flacker in terms of attracting people because it pulls in people from Orange County and Greater Los Angeles mm-hmm. and and the community in Long Beach is pretty strong right there. So yeah,
2: yeah, you know. mm-hmm. and also just the history of the gay gay community that's there, as well as in Orange County and Laguna Beach Pride and Santa Monica also is doing offering a whole roster of pride events. They're doing a drag story hour on the beach, so. Lots of great stuff to check out there, too.
0: right so Ben, one question I have. Uh, Brody at the top of the hour was talking about a lot of the challenges that are going on, and we were mentioning that you know it's you know, we are not in a place that we were a few years ago, right before Trump got elected. In fact, I was standing in pride with um, somebody, and, and he was talking about how he, in his opinion, at that moment Pride seemed to be almost nostalgic. It was a celebration. We'd accomplished everything. And, you know, now it was just sort of a, you know, fun time looking back. And then the Trump years happened. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, serious issues have come up. And right now, um, a lot of the community is under really direct, harsh attack um, again. Um, Do you think Pride is going to reflect that? Because from what I've seen about uh, with a lot of the celebrations is they're really much more everybody come together, have a good time, you know, you know, joy, fun, and everything else without a whole lot of political punch. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, there, you know, certainly right before the pandemic, what was I was witness to is pride had just become this like overwhelming commercial thing like it was about right. these massive things there's money makers and it costs money to do those kind of events so They don't come free and you know just the generation of activists that had found so many rights have just you know are either past or older or just that doesn't seem to be at the forefront and also you know a younger generation hasn't had to suffer to like be or have had their rights taken away or they might be and they could be now and then all of a sudden you know people are allowed to marry and um, um and so I do hope that the issues that are really urgent are front and center, and everyone knows how to be an activist, but a lot of people don't know how to be activist and it doesn't they don't feel the urgency until they're personally connected so Los Angeles you know a lot of, there is a lot of inequality um uh, but there's also a lot of people who don't don't have to suffer or worry about that. and um, and it usually comes down to divisions and issues of race, but I do feel like, These bigger celebrations are opportunities for people coming together, and I hope that there's it does become more of a community building exercise. I'm really conscious of intergenerational community building, um, and also um, gender equity, and um, and figuring out the ways that celebrate what's unique to our city and the people who live in the city, and making sure everyone feels included because not everyone feels included. Um, You could walk down the streets of WeHo and not feel included, and you could be an out gay person. And, um, and I think we will always just have to continue to work on that. So thank you for asking that question, because I think unless you ask the question and, you know, no one actually recenters or pivots and focuses on that. And I think that's what was the base. That's what became sort of the crux of the division between the city of WeHo and L.A. Pride was that they needed to get back to their roots because they're feeling there's a sense that a lot of really smart people that the. That we're making decisions, um, we're saying, we're, "We need to. This isn't. We need to sort of figure out this new path because something is wrong with what we're doing, and um, our rights are still not 100 percent, and um, we still there's still a lot of work to go." As you know, when all of the, the all of the the issues surfaced around um, being trans and Netflix because of David Chappelle, I mean, this stuff still goes on. It's, and um and, and it's not going to end now and it's not going to end with all of the fundamentalist uh, uh uh republican christians trying to take away everyone's rights for sure yeah absolutely well
0: <laughs> thank you having grown thank up in that you, first i can of tell that yep uh, me too yeah no i hear you i hear you totally um thank you so much for what you're doing i mean this is landmark this is huge i think this is going to be um, you know, uh, a historical day to remember um, in, in the years to come. Looking back at, at what you've accomplished here, um, that's happening this this weekend and, and uh, this week. Um, so, thank you for that. Um, thank you for everything you do, and thank you for joining us today on the show. We very much appreciate you uh, coming by to talk to us.
2: Oh, a great pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Our, our, our pleasure.
2: And have and, a great Pride uh, Month.
0: So- <laughs> yeah, you too. You too. And it's That's like right. uh, very excited for you. Yeah. So, and thank you to our listeners. We we hope you all have a happy Pride Month too. There are events. We're just talking about the LA area. You know, look at or just around the state, around the country, around the world. There is so much happening, and it's going to be you know a really sensational month. And we need that momentum to pump us up and carry us through. Um, We've got work to do in the midterm elections. We've got work to do in the next few years here. The fight is on. The fight is very, very real. Um, And so, uh, you know, keep following us. Keep following the Los Angeles Blade, which, um, like I said, Brody Levesque is the executive editor for and um, is probably one of the best uh, LGBTQ news outlets letting you know what's going on as it's happening and uh, keeping you informed. And hopefully um, you see us uh, as rated LGBT radio as part of that. Um, we seek to have our, the most cutting-edge shows that, that we can bring to you, um, with from art to politics to civil rights and beyond. And uh, we look forward to having you back next week. Next week's show, I have no clue what it will be, but I can guarantee you that it will be one worth listening to and, more importantly, one worth talking about. So for uh, those of us that are rated LGBT radio, uh, I bid you goodbye for this edition, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. You've been listening to rated LGBT radio.